Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study, only about 13 minutes or so each day, but it is seven days a week. Keeps us in God's Word, keeps us growing in our knowledge of God's Word and therefore His will for our lives, keeps us growing in the direction that God wants us to live our lives in, but it also helps us to stay strong in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. We, we know people in our lives, don't we? You, me, everybody who needs to change their direction in life, who needs to get into God's word, who needs to grow in their faith, who needs to start focusing on the relationship with God and upon their soul's salvation. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. What a blessing it would be to help somebody get to heaven in this way, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing every day with everybody you can. We're coming toward the end of our study, not quite there, and our line of thought, studying about Jesus Christ, your Savior. Jesus Christ is your Savior. Before he was ever born into this world in physical form, God sent his angel to talk to Joseph and tell him that his wife, expectant with child, would bear a son by the Holy Spirit, and he would be the Savior. He would save his people from their sins. And the angel told Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus, which literally means Savior. On the night that he was born physically, An angel appeared to shepherds in the field near the area where Jesus was born, near Bethlehem, and told them, Savior has been born in the city of David. Hmm. He was foretold as being the Savior before he was born, and at his birth he was announced by an angel again as being the Savior of the world. Well, we've looked at text after text after text after text of Scripture that openly declares and identifies Jesus to be your Savior. And again, what, is, what did the apostles say in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12? There is no other Savior, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. Have you ever read Isaiah chapter 53? The section that talks about, and it's a great deal of that chapter, that talks about Jesus ultimately coming as your Savior. He's the, in this particular text, he's prophesied as coming. He's not named yet as Jesus, but he's, obviously this is a prophecy of the coming Savior. And so as we've read in numerous, numerous New Testament texts, Jesus came as the fulfillment of all of those Old Testament prophecies of the coming Savior. I want to begin reading with verse 4. Well, no, let me go back, actually, to verse 2. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. 
and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Now, I suspect that Isaiah, the prophet, an Israelite, was speaking first about the response of the Jewish people themselves, the Israelites themselves. The vast, vast, vast majority rejected Jesus as the Savior, as the embodiment of the prophesied Messiah to come. He was not the Savior they were looking for. But certainly we can look at humanity as a whole and say essentially the same thing. So many have despised and rejected him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. So many would have to admit that. Going on in verse 4, and this is what Jesus came to do. Surely he has borne our griefs, borne our griefs, yet we esteemed him and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. He was whipped with the cat of nine tails before they put him on the cross. He was nailed to that cross and crucified, executed for his own faults? No, he was without sin. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He died on that cross, executed, crucified. For the transgressions of my people, he was smitten. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he was done, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed and shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Jesus fulfilled in his death on the cross all of those points of prophecy about the coming Savior. Some people would say, Well, it was manipulation. There was no way he could manipulate all of the prophecies of the coming Savior. He could not force himself or manipulate his own crucifixion. He could not fulfill the prophecies that not a bone of his would be broken, and yet he himself said when he gave the apostles in the night of his betrayal the bread and broke it and said, this is my body which is broken for you, As the nails pierced his hands and feet and the spear pierced his side, his body was broken. 
But when the Roman soldiers came to break the legs of the thieves who were crucified on either side of Jesus to hasten their death, when they came to Jesus, he was already dead, and they did not break his legs. Not a bone was broken. Over and over again, in specific and minute detail, Jesus fulfilled all of the prophecies of the coming Savior. And just think about what he went to, what he suffered physically for you and for me as our Savior. What an incredible chapter Isaiah 53 is, laying out in detail, graphic detail, what Jesus would go through when he came as our Savior. And now, from our perspective, what he did go through when he came as our Savior. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now let's make that more personal for you. He was wounded for your transgressions. Don't lose yourself in the anonymity of all of the masses of humanity for all time. Jesus died for all of them. But make it personal. He died for you. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement for your peace was upon him. And by, your, by his stripes, you were healed or at least had the opportunity to be healed spiritually. How have you responded to what Jesus did for you as your Savior? When the Apostle Paul was writing of the incredible sacrifice by God of his Son on that cross for you, it's amazing. Paul, in Romans chapter 5, beginning with verse 6, said, When we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly, not for good people. There is none good outside of Christ. Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, toward you, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Your sins necessitated Jesus coming as your Savior and dying on that cross so you could be forgiven of your sins if you will come to him in his way. Verse 10, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, enemies of God due to our sins, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Jesus went to that cross as your savior. Are you thankful? Oh, it's easy to mouth the words, yes, I'm thankful. I'm so thankful. Have you come to him 
And I'm not talking about some warm, fuzzy feeling. I'm not talking about one on-the-spot statement of commitment, but then you go back into the ways of the world again. You keep living the old sinful lifestyle. I'm talking about have you given your life to him? The Apostle Paul, who wrote that Romans letter that we just read from, in Galatians 2 and verse 20, speaking of himself, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. Now, he wasn't talking about a literal crucifixion being nailed to a cross. He was talking about surrendering his life to his Lord, living for his Lord, living in faithful obedience on a consistent basis. I have been crucified with Christ, he said. Nevertheless, I live. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, I've been crucified with Christ. And because of what he says next, obviously, nevertheless, he still lived physically. That is, Paul lived physically. But he said, now, how I live now, it's, it's not I who live but Christ who lives in me. I've given my life to him, and I'm living for him and in him. Have you come to your Savior, Jesus Christ? Let's pray. Father, many need to come to you through Christ for forgiveness and salvation. Please, Father, help them to open their eyes to see that need and help them to soften their heart to make that surrender, Father. We pray. Please forgive us, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.